that. And welcome to another episode of JP and the Beans Talk. As yes. always, Beans, mm, JP. JP, right here. Once again, there is a good energy in the gym. There's always good energy in this is. gym. I think I'm just going to stick with that and <laughs> hopefully Ben Stiller doesn't need to collect royalties anytime soon. Um, because I didn't even know you quoted anything. <laughs> Straight out of dodgeball. I love his, it. His Mike Goodman character. <laughs> I do love it. Oh my gosh. It's it's great. <laughs> it's great. So all all good works are plagiarized from something. So Oh for sure. So there it is. There it is. How you doing, Beans? Oh, I'm doing fantastic, yeah. sir. How are you? You know I'm doing well. I'm, doing uh, well. I'm excited to chat. Suicide Squad. It's been a long time coming. I've been uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, all the way back in episode three for us when the original Suicide Squad mm-hmm. trailer dropped. As a matter of fact, it may have been the Red Band version, come to think of it. It we was. Did, we did a very thorough preview in terms of running through the characters and going, hey, who do we think is going to die? Who do we think is going to live? And so now the payoff is here. We finally got the movie. Four months later, yep. we, get to, we get to recap. So that's exciting. You went big leagues and got us a second microphone, so... Heck, yeah, so hopefully the voice output is just... Yeah. Blessing your ears with our voices. Absolutely. So you're just, you're stepping up our tech game. Heck, yeah. It's it's great. So we're going to hit up Suicide Squad. We're going to talk some great comics. You've Absolutely. You've been through the classic Spider-Man. Absolutely. I've been it's going, done. I've been going through far less old, but still I would qualify as classic Batman yeah. stuff from Scotty Snyder. There you oh, go. boy. My boy, so we got a lot of great content Absolutely. to cover today. Good for us coming at it two weeks in a row, double micing it. Incredible. This is for you guys because we dinked it. And by How we, I mean we? me. I dinked it, but it's okay. Don't you? Don't you stay centered on that dinking? You just. I don't even know where to finish that that <laughs> sentence. So we're gonna we're just gonna let it blaze by. Go through. We're, we're go right, right through. through it. <laughs> So let's let's dive in, man. Um, Should we just go? Do we want to go reviews first, hundred percent, yeah. and then kill, yeah, and then our kill count? On hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to the kill count, but let's. I'm just fascinated because you and I. This is great. We haven't uh, more than just texted a wee bit about general yes. thoughts. So I'm very much looking forward. Well, to hearing where you're at with the fact with Suicide that, Squad and the fact that we get to break down a DC movie for once is fun. So feels kind of rare. Yeah, yeah. You, you want me to go first, or you want to take absolutely? No, I, I, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear you first. So let's let's go. How did how did it do as far as meeting your expectations? It was overall? good. Like yeah. for a DC movie, it was good. Uh, like the intro, the intro to it was like it set the bar for sure. Uh, and then. The only, like I, I told you this too, I was like, yep. the only thing that disappointed me is the deaths were very front loaded and back loaded in the movie. Sure. So throughout the entire middle part, they're sure. doing all this character development, which yep. is great. Yeah. But like, you have so many like funny and good actors you can use, and right. it would have been way more funny to watch them just get blown off mm. at like random points throughout the movie, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I was expecting. Yep. Yeah. And uh, the other fact is. They don't use Boomerang very much at all. Like, James Gunn was, like, the only person, the only people I'm keeping from the original <laughs> roster from the first one is Harley Quinn yep. and Rick Flagg. Yeah. And I thought for sure, I thought for sure Boomerang would be more of a part. And I respected that. Again, we'll get into the, the kill count, but when I was going back and revisiting our original predictions and you said, hey, I think Boomerang's going to live, I thought, yeah, he's 
that makes sense. He's the one of the main Courtney from the well cast yes. for that role. He is relative to you know to comics a mainstream DC villain, particularly for Flash and mainstream for Suicide Squad. Like yep. he's a staple in the Suicide Squad. Yep. Him, no Deadshot, Harley Quinn, so it's three usually. Right. And then they right. yeah, uh, King Shark was King Shark was fantastic. I think I think the dynamic between Peacemaker and Bloodsport was perfect Mm -hmm. like they had that and actually peacemaker's whole setup to being like "Uh oh i'm actually like i have my own secret mission among all this other stuff was actually a really good reveal yeah because if you think about it they set it up really nicely for it because when they're going through and she's like yeah we're gonna give you all these people with different abilities (laughs) and stuff and the first one she introduces has the same ability set as him I was like, that is kind of weird. Why are they doing right? that? Peacemaker and Bloodsport, all their skills match up, and it plays, like you said, as a joke. But once that reveal for Peacemaker was made, totally agree. You had to look back on that scene and really respect just the uh, the cleverness. Oh, for sure. Right to kind of just sneak sneak that right bias, and yet at the same time, it was right there. It was right in front, oh, yeah. so it wasn't snuck past us. No. but it's just too obvious. Absolutely. And yeah. Starro was a great choice for a villain. <laughs> great choice for a villain. Like, it's it's Starro, man. It's cool. Yeah. And yeah. then... Uh, uh, That's what good. Else? What else did you like? Oh, man. What else did I like? Um, I, actually, Bloodsport's whole character was cool to me. The weapons, like, he just keeps adding stuff at, like, a Nerf gun. He basically had like a Nerf gun with all these different attachments, and I don't right. understand it at all. Where but you're is like this coming from. You're like, no wonder Superman got shot by this guy. He didn't even know how much he was going to add onto the gun before it was a walking, over. A walking weapon. I mean, you know the Assassin's Creed video games, right? It, oh yeah. I remember when those first came out. It was pretty cool that oh yeah, this dude's got like knives hidden inside his sleeves, and Bloodsport's just strutting around with darts. In his sleeves, figuratively, just going... Oh, yeah, and it's like a bow and arrow, pretty much. <laughs> right? And I was like... Right? It's like a crossbow bolt. I was almost. like, when did he start doing that? Yeah. And, and I don't know the character from the comics. I don't either. It's legit. I don't think, I don't think anybody does. He's known... I don't think anybody knows other than the reference of, oh, he shot Superman with a kryptonite that, bullet. That's legit that's like his only 80s, claim to fame. Right? That's his only claim to fame. <laughs> Unreal. And I would love... Unreal. I honestly would love to see Bloodsport and Deadshot together on the mm-hmm. same Suicide Squad. I think mm-hmm. that would be amazing. No doubt. And especially, I mean, they both have the daughter thing, although Bloodsport really doesn't give a crap about his, really, for the most part. Yes, he did not come across as a uh, fantastic father. I mean, he just, he, although he, you know, he did it for the right reasons. He was like, all right, we'll do this, but you got to leave her alone. Mm-hmm. And the most satisfying mm-hmm. part of the movie is watching Amanda Waller get hit in the face <laughs> with a club. Oh, I hate I hate Amanda Waller in the comics. I hated her in Justice League cartoons. I don't like her in the movie, so that's how you know she's well casted. True, like, true, very yeah. true to the character. Yeah, you're not supposed to like her at all. Right. So that was just so satisfying and unexpected. Oh, for I sure. I, I saw that coming. And yeah, and the, the way that set up yeah. for that. Yeah, and then I think. Mean, Again, King Shark was amazing. Voice by Sylvester Stallone. By yeah, the way. for no reason. I, they didn't have to give Sylvester great. Stallone. That's Actually, great. James Gunn said he wrote that for him. Oh my gosh, which I love. Oh, but. oh my gosh. <laughs> oh wow, that's good. Anything stick out to you just from a 
from a actually you know what save that I want to hear what you didn't like but I'm gonna dive in first mm-hmm. yeah go for back off what you said I like what you said about the is good observation on your part with hey front loaded and back loaded deaths as far as that being a unexpected way to approach it like we know there's gonna be a ton of characters that die that's not and a rightfully surprise. so and rightfully so it is the the quirky appeal of this group is that unlike most superhero movies where mm-hmm. you watch them and the expectation which is realistic is that this hero is going to live so just by that reality there's a lot of the tension that's kind of diffused right because you know or you at least are fairly confident this hero is not going to die like they're going to live we're going to see them in more movies especially now yeah for the, sure now we're in the era of franchises not just trilogies or sequels um and so when you have a cast or you have a collection of characters that are legitimately um, expendable, and that's part of the that's part of the appeal, right? There's just some more tension that comes into that story because any one of them could be killed very abruptly at any given moment. And so I think that's part of what's effective about the movie. But to bring it back to what you said, I think perfect movie perfect world they would have done what they did but also <laughs> left enough of them alive to continue to pick them off as the movie went on like just this, this continuous like every five or ten minutes boom yeah. you know how funny you that would know? have been right right like i think i enjoyed i thought it was genuinely funny when almost all of that first team dies <laughs> right off the true. bat like when weasel jumps in the water and he is just clearly floundering did and you? not able, like he's got no chance to make. Oh, yeah. it. And they go, "Did anyone check to see if the weasel can swim?" And everybody back at the home base is just kind of giving each other awkward looks. Like I thought that was your job. Was that me? I don't know. Was that you? Incredible! What a great tone setter right off the bat. So I loved that. I loved how a bunch of them died at first. But I agree with you. I think it would have been that much better had there been characters that just got popped off throughout the movie instead of, okay, you pop off a bunch of them, then everybody lives until the end and you start, boom, boom, a few more are going to get yeah. knocked off. I mean, they could have made it so more than Harley Quinn got captured. Right, right more than Harley Quinn and yeah. Rick Flagg survived. And Rick Flagg didn't even get captured. Who? Okay, so who out of, let, let's, let's pause here before we get too far yeah. down this. I, I want to know who you wish would have, we would have seen more of. Like out of that, Initial grouping that just gets slaughtered. I'm guessing Captain Boomerang would be one that we would have liked to have seen more of. Captain Boomerang was definitely one. He had actually a great entrance. Yeah. He sliced. He was fantastic. He sliced some. Oh, we're good. Yeah. He sliced some dudes up. I'll get that reset. You keep talking. Uh, I'm trying to think of the entire, like, cast. Yep. Like, they built Savant up for being, like, this really cool dude. And then he, like, turned into a, a baby and hit the... The circle button, the arrows, one more time. Nope. One button above. Yep, that one right there. Yep, and then uh, let's see here. I'm just trying to remember because they're so. so was part of the group. Javelin was part of the group. Yep, didn't care Captain about that Boomerang. one. Captain uh, Blackguard. 
Mongal. Blackguard didn't care. Mongal didn't care. TDK. TDK. Can we just like, before we get too far into that? <laughs> can we just talk about how amazing like TDK? You're up. He, he detaches both arms. And he's super excited about it. By the oh way, oh my gosh, he's and, he's so confident. He's so pleased. And he just the, his whole power is slapping the crap out of people. <laughs> and he just spends fantastic. the time, and then they start fantastic. shooting his arms up, and he's sitting there like right in pain, right. just just, just dying. That was uh. Yeah. That was the other thing. Uh, I would have. So I like the Captain Boomerang pick. Uh, I would have enjoyed. Uh, I think Javelin would have been a lot of fun to spend more time with. Mostly because that actor, mm-hmm. uh, Flulaborg, is just a hoot. And he's giving TDK a hard time. Like, so your name is just Letters? <laughs> Very true. It was. It was great. I could have I could have enjoyed a great deal more than what we got uh, out of him. But but anyhow, um, the I, I still enjoyed overall. I enjoyed the oh my gosh, they're just getting smoked from the get go. And part of what I also enjoyed was the non linear storytelling. Like they would show us a piece of the movie, right, a good 10, <laughs> 15 minutes, and then oh, excuse me, we're gonna flash back. And, and the flashbacks that, worked. They did. They did it twice, right? Like first, of course, at the beginning, after the opening sequence where folks are just getting smoked. And then the second time was maybe three quarters of the way through the movie. I don't think there was a third time that I'm not thinking of. But in both cases, I thought it was really, really effectively deployed. Stylistically, like the movie looks very cool. Yeah. And here's, here's a big thing that I have to give it props for because I was – very disappointed about this with the first Suicide Squad yeah. movie. The action is great. Like the action scenes are awesome. They're creative. They are. We just spent just a brief moment touching on how gnarly Bloodsport's arsenal. Oh yeah, is. for sure, incredible. And the first Suicide Squad movie. Here, here's my deal with action movies in general. Okay, mm-hmm. superhero movies included, of course. You, this is what you are. You are an action visual movie first and foremost. Yes, there needs to be good character development, but if you don't have that, you can get some value out of, hey, our action scenes were cool. Oh, yeah. And when the first Suicide Squad movie didn't do that, and then it also didn't do other things like have a story worth telling and develop characters worth of crap, then you've got yourself a pooper of a movie. But that, that's where, at least personally, I can forgive an action movie where it's like, that, that didn't really make a lot of sense, but it looked really cool. Yeah. Transformers movies, anybody? We're not going to go down that that path completely. I'm a sucker for the Transformers Those are cool-looking movies. movies. Yeah. Like, are they stupid? Yes. Are they really cool-looking? They're robots from outer space that turn right? into cars. That's not going to be all good. No, no. It's, no, absolutely not. So, and the new one's going to have animal ones. <laughs> I'm so excited. I still remember the dinosaurs. When the, the, Dude, the T-Rex was sick. I don't even so care. Cool. I don't even care. It was so Auto- cool. Optimus, oh Optimus Prime riding on in on the Tyrannosaurus Rex. Let's go. That's all you need to know. That's oh, all you need to know. For sure. So great job at executing yeah. and crafting some phenomenal action scenes. <laughs> the scene where Bloodsport and Peacemaker are rolling through the camp oh, yeah. and just trying to one-up each other. At smoking fools, oh my god! And then they find out, you oh know, it's a rebel camp. They're right. the good guys. Like, these are actually uh, people on your side. Awkward, awkward. Great scene. Um, the the character development. 
if, if you wanted to like to nitpick, like if you want to be negative about this movie, you could say, hey, this is an R-rated Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And you wouldn't be wrong, but also like what's the point of nitpicking it in, in that way? Because you have an artist in James Gunn, like this is his yeah. style, right? King Shark is Groot. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, fair enough. He's Harley he, Quinn is Gamora, or maybe Rocket Raccoon. This is a different discussion. We should go. We should go down that. Okay. Road. Well, King Shark is definitely like, Groot. Is the size of Groot, but with the mind of Baby Groot. There you are. Yes. So they, yes. they smashed both Groots. Vin into Diesel one. voices Drax. Sylvester yeah. Stallone voices King Shark. It's like this is not hard to see how this happened. And then, uh, I mean, Blood <laughs> Blood Sport is your Peter Quill. Is your Peter Quill? Yeah. You could yep. probably argue Peacemaker is probably Drax. Rocket Raccoon. Drax. Because I say Drax. Are you because Rocket does go after the the I leadership think Harley role is as Rocket. well? Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm gonna go with it. Rocket's a little nuts. Harley's very nuts. That's true. Okay, I'll give it to you. I feel better. I feel better about that. I didn't think I would at the beginning of this conversation, but I, I guess Peacemaker know. is pretty literal, so that would right. work. Right. Yep. <laughs> Yep, I see him more relatable to Drax and then, than Rocket. So that's Lee Poke. Well, Poke Dot Man doesn't really fit with anybody. Mm-mm. I'd say he's his own own horse. <laughs> I don't know where Gamora fits in as far as who her, um, who or what DC characters are related catcher, to her. Rat Catcher, I guess. Right. But by default, yeah, that's more of by default than a direct correlation. But anyway, I, I don't mind because again, you get a. Like, you go see a Christopher Nolan movie, you know what you're going to get. Like, yeah. as soon as that movie begins, as soon as the first shot is on the screen, it just looks like a Chris Nolan movie. Absolutely. It just does. And I think it's similar. That's that's just true of any uh, any artistic endeavor, whether it's music, film, literature. And so it, it's not an issue. It wasn't a hang-up for me. I noticed no. it. Mm-hmm. I thought, this is really similar to what I've seen. It's just an R-rated version of it. And they're not afraid to kill each other. Wow. And Guardians, they're not going to kill each other. They end right. up working together. They tussle and a little out. bit, yeah. but it, it's not a fight. We're genuinely going to actually end each other's lives. the The biggest hang up that I had, Riley, was, and this wasn't something I expected. I knew the movie was going to be uh, violent. I did not expect it to be that gory. Like it's been since probably I saw Django Unchained that I've seen a movie that was just that gross. <laughs> With its violence. See, and I don't mind that. Yeah. But and, that's because... And Deadpool is one of my favorite movies, and that's right. pretty gory, so... And I can, I can like, deal with it, like, in little bits here and there, but, man, it seemed like every death was just like, oh, 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 just so uh, That's gross. what makes it fun for me. Yeah, and <laughs> that that's harder for me. Like, that was hard for me to enjoy that part of it. Um, I was like, oh, there's his arm, yes! Right, <laughs> right, like... I, I honestly averted my eyes when Starro like had the thinker by all four limbs. Like I know how this is gonna end, and I I don't. Oh, I watched that completely. You did. I didn't want any part of it at that point. I'm like, oh. Although it didn't, it wasn't like an even split. Like I thought, I thought it would split right in half. Like King Shark split that one dude in half. Gosh, that was. But no, it was like arm leg here, rest of the body that way. I'm like, oh. Rip more. That was. That was Eat the one him. thing. This is and this is for me, right? Like I understand yeah. that there's plenty of plenty of folks that's not a hang up for. It just went too far for my for my preference to the point like I'd like to go back and rewatch the movie for a lot of the positives. 
But then I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I might have to give it some time before Honest, I come back. It was just a little, little too gross for me. But honestly, I'm kind of disappointed the way Thinker died. I'm like, Starro, this dude's been torturing you for 30 years, and the only thing you do is rip off an arm and a leg and kill him instantly like that. Come on, make him suffer. Throw him around a little bit. He didn't mess around, did he? Chew, just chew on him. Chew on him or Go something, on. you know? Spit him out. But no. also, yeah, pretty quick. I will say my beef with it is it. probably how Starro died. They went the whole Squirrel Girl route. Yep. And it's kind of like, yep. he can be taken out by rats. Wait, tell me more Squirrel Girl route. That's a Marvel character, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. she just controls squirrels. Like, she's beat Doctor <laughs> Doom and Thanos. Like, she has this crazy, like, insane beat list that she just take took out. And that's what I mean. They went, they're like... Fair enough. Good good comparison. Like, I'm like, okay, rats, are, like, when they were using it to cut the cameras, great. Mm-hmm. An alien starfish that can control minds, and it's just going to get, like... Oh, you, you knew Harley was going to just smoke him right in the eye with the javelin. Oh, no, like, that, that one. Was, I, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that part. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that part. Yeah. I have The problem comes in where it's like, oh, well, the rats are going to finish <laughs> off. And secondly, can we talk about how nasty that city is? Ugh. Did you see how many rats were just around? That's well, so gross. Quarter Maltese, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but what? that's a fictional island. I have no idea. That, if I recall correctly, isn't that associated with Bane in the DC comics? I have no idea. Okay. I always associated him okay. with Mexico. Right. Which isn't really fair. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to look. You look, look, you look it up. I am super fascinated by that possibility. But that was, um, that was probably my only beef. Like, because honestly... And they didn't... So what, what about it did you not like? Because I didn't mind that. It was unexpected, right? Nobody's expecting just, rat... I mean, I thought Ratcatcher 2 was going to die because I wanted her to because rats, gross. I'm all on board with the blood sport. Like, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. Disgusting. I don't know. I was like, I want something more epic. Like, okay. getting eaten alive by rats is kind of... It's kind of icky. Mm. Like, I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. Like, blow him up. Or, you know, stab him some more. Or, like, let King Shark eat one of the limbs, the whole limb or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know. Like, it would have been so sweet just to see him chew through, like, one of the starfish limbs and then use it as a baseball bat and beat the crap out of him. Did you think about that? That would have been sick. I don't know. That's fair. I'm a little picky, probably. It's fair. Also, they did not use... This is also something that bummed me out. You had Starro, and you didn't let... You didn't think, okay, we should let, like, two or three people in the squad get starfished and then just destroyed. Like, that's how you could have killed somebody. No no one on the squad got mind-controlled. That was a fascinating, and I would agree, unexpected. Um, I mean, I guess it's better not, than... Not event that none of the characters did get mind control. I agree. It just seemed like that was bound to happen. Bloodsport lost his mask, so I'm like, oh, he's screwed. Sure. So I thought for sure, I I was like, oh, it's going to be Ratcatcher and King Shark trying to get all these starfish off their faces. Right. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. I'll give you the gore part on the experimenting. That bothered me. Yeah, that was... I was like, okay, that's rough. But it was supposed to be. Like, it was supposed to, like, make you uncomfortable. They They just dwelled on that area too long like i get I it if you're gonna show it like in the background i was like oh that's nasty and then okay move or on. maybe like, just point taken we get it it's gross but they kept coming back to it i was like oh 
come on. Like, I don't need to see that. one that. was gross. That was, that was gross. That was tough. And frankly, did they ever, like, give a, a valid reason as to – and here's why we're experimenting on these people. Uh, like, here is where we hoped to end up. Like, we was the United States government tr- saying, hey, we're trying to weaponize uh, Starro so that we can know how to control the I think, minds I think that was the others. case. I, I think so, but it too. Wasn't like, but it just wasn't very explicit. It wasn't explained in depth. Yeah. Because it was more explained that they were going to use that as a weapon against us. Yes. But yes. And, of course, the gov- our, our government was the bad guy. I was kind of like... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like, that feel a little soft to you, a little it, too easy. It, it almost felt like a like a middle finger, a little bit. Fair enough. Like it a it bit. villainized. It, it turned Amanda Waller from like this neutral to a like to a genuine villain. Yeah, like to where she's definitely one of the villains in the movie. Like the main adversary that they're battling, like mano y mano, yeah. is Starro. But the villain that they never actually take a swing at is Amanda Waller because well, she's not giving them the full details of the mission and she's just, you know, killing them off willy-nilly and also just using them to ultimately yeah. not to actually help anybody. Just cover just up to, the U.S. And yeah. she's supposed yeah. to ride the line. Like, I understand. But that's sure. almost too far and I don't... Like, right. she's always been about the justice system just in a different way. In a more hardcore fashion. Yes. Not right. like... Um, right. Pure like okay, we're gonna just do all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Yep, yeah. Like I'll give her her credit there. She's yeah, not. I get that. She's she's a bitch, but she's not like ineffective. It, it that like that to yeah. that extent. Yeah. Cordial Maltese, real quick. Incorrect on my part to guess that it had anything to do with Bane. It's not that. It's actually uh, a location that was created. And I remember this now for the Dark Knight Returns comic written by Frank Miller. Uh, we'll get into that sometime down the road, but that was a late 1980s um, comic that is highly regarded as one of the best of all time, and not just for comics in general, but in particular for the character of Batman. It injected some pretty fresh hmm. life into him, so that's where that location was introduced. Um, we won't get into all the nitty-gritty, because that's a, a tale for another time, um, but aside from that particular story, I don't think it's been referenced that frequently so so there you go quarter maltese just to clear that one up fair enough yeah um but no the action scenes were awesome i loved harley with the javelin oh that was oh, a lot of fun to the watch build up that the build up Woo! for that was good Woo! that was great um and frankly kudos to mr gunn for taking characters that you and i don't know a thing about yeah. sport about Peacemaker, about freaking Ratcatcher 1, much less Ratcatcher 2, the deuce, <laughs> Polka Dot Man, and these were worthwhile, by the end of the movie, well-developed characters. How about the Polka Dot Man bit where he just sees his mom yeah. all the time? Yeah. <laughs> when Starro is, he's seeing Starro as his mom. I think that was the part that I laughed the hardest as I did for so, that movie. As that I did was so weird. Oh my gosh. So, and, so weird. And I don't know if they... I feel like they modified his power set a little bit for the movie. Sure. But I don't 100% sure. know, because I don't know no. enough about Polka Dot Man. No. I just know he's a he's a Batman villain. Yeah. So, pretty cool. Like, 
I, I really admire James Gunn having obviously seen the Guardians movies and now see him transition over to a different comic universe and do a similar thing with a batch of unknown characters that, here's the deal, even though they're unknown, they've also been around for a while. So yeah. it's not like he's just... Uh, picking new ones. Yeah, he's not picking new ones that are the fresh thing, right, in yeah. comics. He's picking characters that have been around for a decade or two um, that never caught on the mainstream, like comic readers, right? Yeah. Like the niche, never caught on with a niche, and he's making them more worthwhile than they frankly should be. I mean, Bloodsport's mask is so cool. Wow! That's such a cool mask. Wow, right? King Shark is great, and he can barely talk. He nope. obviously can't disguise himself like the mustache. I wish he would have yeah. looked more badass than dumb. But that's mm. also another personal... Yep. Because he was almost dopey. Sure. I mean, he was dopey. Sure. Like, they could have yeah. given him, like, a scar or something. But even, like... Okay, I expected to loathe the character of Ratcatcher, too. She was great. She was really worthwhile in the movie. I know you're not high on the way that... She was used to finish off Starro, and that's fair. I, I should have seen it coming, to yeah. be honest. But yeah, uh, but it was really good for Bloodsport. Yeah, it was good for Bloodsport. Yep, that was his character development. Yeah. That's what she's there for. Rick Flag was much more worthwhile in this movie than he ever was in the first Suicide Squad movie. Oh, yeah. uh, R.I.P. That death was sad. Freaking uh, little pun there, I guess. Ouch. And then, and then, just the sick burn at the end too. Oh, what a joke! Yep. And yep. <laughs> dies. Yeah. Uh, Harley Quinn Damn. was fantastic again. Like, like I'm not, I'm not a Harley uh, diehard. I'm not. Harley is indifferent for me. But in the movies, um, Margot Robbie does a fantastic job. But yeah. she loves that Margot character. That's why you gotta get actors and actresses who love that character. Because then they'll come and play it more, and they'll actually. She's tremendous, and best she was great. It. And it would have been, I think, kind of easy for her character to dominate the movie because whenever she's on the screen, oh, she's yeah. tremendous. Um, but I thought that from a storytelling perspective, they struck a really good balance of giving us enough, but not too much, to where we didn't have time to get engaged with these new characters. Oh, yeah. So, really, really cool. Um, <laughs> the way oh she just shoots that guy after. That was fantastic. <laughs> oh. Second biggest starts... laugh in the movie. First was Starro is Polka Dot Man's mom. Second is when she just blows the guy away. Uh, and no regrets either. And no, she, and then, she's then like, she, 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 she's she's like, like, I didn't even know this had a bullet in it. <laughs> she goes, you had so many red flags. <laughs> I was like, jeez. Incredible. In- incredible. So, a lot, a lot of good, few nitpicky things. Uh, again, like the gore was just a little, a little too much for me, and so I don't know when I'll revisit the movie. Um, but overall, it was strong. Like it was solid. It was really solid. I'll give it a seven out of ten. Yeah, I, I don't know what my expectations were going into it because again, I, I had no, low, I had very low expectations. Yeah, I, I have no like prior. Emotional attachment to these characters. Nope. Um, so I, I feel like I came in fairly neutral and just enjoyed it for enjoyed it for what it was. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's. I think we need. Are to we going to get into our kill let's count? Let's do it. Let's go through. All right. The kill count, my man. Let's see what we've. Let's, let's see. see what we've got. It's going to be fantastic. Okay. So again, this is from back in April. Okay. All right, we're just going to go in the same order okay. that we went way back in episode three. So at about the 
16 minutes remaining, Mark, for those of you that really want to check our work and make sure that we're not, uh, we're not cheating, we're not skimping here, we're, we're honest people. Absolutely. When we're on the record. We should have. we were already on the record. We should have bet on it. We should have like a gentleman's bet Ooh. or something. Right. True. Okay. We'll remember that the next time a similar situation arises. The next arises. Suicide Squad movie comes out. Right. Three years from now, we'll, we'll do this right. If they do it. I can't see why they wouldn't, but the money did not back up. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll touch on some. I still want to come back to like some holistic, big picture topics, and that's one of them. Um, but we'll come back. Okay. Let's, let's hit the roster. So right off the bat, Harley Quinn. Neither of us predicted her to die. We've said she's alive. We were both correct. So we got one. Yep, one apiece. And one. One, one, one. Rick Flag. I said Rick is gonna die. You said he's gonna live. I said he's gonna live. And I wish I was wrong. I didn't want Rick Flag to die. I didn't. Here's the deal. That, let me rephrase that. I didn't give a rip about Rick Flag at the start of this movie because almost everything associated with the first Suicide Squad movie um, was not viewed in a very positive light yeah. by me. So I was going to be really okay if he was dead. But by the time he got to the point where he actually did die, I was like, oh, this sucks. Well, This is bad. I, I'm not a fan. And our thought process was it was either going to be Rick Flag that or walks out or is it going to be Bloodsport. Correct. Correct. So there you go, Rick Flag. I said he's gonna die. You said lives. Turns out he died, guys. Amanda Waller. Neither of us had her biting it. We both expected her to live. Not a big surprise there. Yeah. So she's all club to the dome. She she presses on. Yeah, and she she's too scared to get out in the field. Yep. On yep. that one. Yep. She keeps herself safe. Captain Boomerang. I was wrong. No, I'm sorry. I was right on this one. I said Captain Boomerang was going to die. You said Captain Boomerang was going to live. I was just like, he's one of the main guys. I get it. I get it. That one broke. That one hurt. That one hurt a little bit. Yep. Because he had such a good entrance. Yep. Cutting people up and then. Then just gets roasted. That's right. He goes. He gets set on yep. fire. It's like, yep. what happened to him? Yep. Oh, yeah. That one girl. Get, I mean, jumps. you knew Mongal was toast. Like, oh, you yeah. Just, you sure. just did. Uh, but anyway, jump, jump the gun a little bit. So. R.I.P. Captain Boomerang. Jai Courtney, you deserve better, buddy. Uh, Bloodsport. You thought, Riley, that Bloodsport was going to perish. Yep. Bloodsport did not perish. Bloodsport, much to our... And you said he was going to live, right? I said he was going to live. Yep. This isn't looking good for it, me. It starts out rough for you. It evens out a little bit here, okay? This is just the way we went through it in episode three. You're going to feel better here in a little bit. Peacemaker. We both said Peacemaker was going to live. That turned out to be true, although barely, end, barely, barely. I well, okay, and then I thought Rick Flag was gonna be the one in the hospital bed. Oh no, I didn't. I definitely didn't. But I was holding out hope. The fact that uh, when Peacemaker had her ready mm-hmm. to go, I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, here comes Bloodsport. I was like, I knew exactly mm-hmm. what was gonna happen. I didn't know it was gonna be decided in one bullet. I Smaller thought there'd bullet. be more of a fight. Smaller bullet, and it was yep. just instant. Yep. yep. So again, kudos, good foreshadowing. How did he even live? I don't know. It's uh, just a, comics, man. That's what we that's call all that was. That's what we call an ass pull. Just they pulled yeah. that out of their ass. Yeah. <laughs> he. Here's the deal. For this movie, it makes more sense for him to genuinely be dead. Yeah, it, it just does. Like they decided they're going to make a TV show with him, right? So James Gunn and uh, John Cena are doing a Peacemaker done- series. So that is the only reason that he's alive in terms of how this movie went. Like the rules of the movie are a lot of people die. There's no reason for a character in this movie to get shot in the throat, left to bleed out, and then survive. 
Well, so let's let's just be real. Like that is a, they could have made the show a prequel and show why he's in prison. Correct. So that was just poppycock. And that's a <laughs> free and peacemaker. All right. The, Definitely poppycock. Hundred percent. The thinker. Uh, you had the thinker is dying. I had the thinker is living. I was incorrect. You were correct. Holy crap! I got one right. Thinker got shredded by Thank Starro. God, he was annoying. He was. He wasn't someone that any of us. I. I don't think there was a single person that went. Oh man, come on! The thinker's dead. We're all comfortable with that. All right. The javelin. We both said dead. Correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say there's no way one no. of us thought they were gonna live. No. No. <laughs> javelin. We we both agreed. Toast. Ratcatcher two. You called it. You were on point with this. Ratcatcher 2 survived. I said maybe, but I want Ratcatcher 2 to die. I was wrong. You were right. Uh, Savant, dead. Both Did of both us. say dead? Both yeah. of us believed Savant was toast. Um, here's where it gets really good. Riley, okay, we got a couple really nice ones coming up. Polka Dot Man. We both agreed Polka Dot Man was going to die. And, and it was getting really nerve-wracking. Right. Towards the end. Right. Like, I, said, I said I think it's going to be later in the movie. And you said you hoped it'd be in a stupid way. And I think both those things are right. Because Polka Dot Man, what are you doing? Like he's just freaking out. I'm a superhero. Squish. <laughs> like, pay attention, bro. Your mom's right there. <laughs> and he just loses all composure. Uh, didn't go out great. Sorry, Polka Dot Man. But not sorry because Riley and I were both right. <laughs> I was so glad. You're dead. Mongao. We both agreed. Yeah. Dead. TDK. Both said dead. <laughs> I think that was the funniest death. I, I oh, think that sure. was... <laughs> that was great. Just He's so into himself. Yeah. And then... Yeah. <laughs> javelin was the most disappointing death because I wanted him to get killed with his own javelin. I think oh, you I did know, too. Right? And he just got shot up. I was bummed. I don't even think I he was threw it. Did that. he even throw the javelin? He did we see Harley no? used it better than he did. I'm ninety five percent sure he used it at all. No. <laughs> yeah. What, also, what the freak? What the frick is Savant? Like we didn't even touch on that. What is Savant's ability other than <laughs> to bounce a racquetball in a and, square cell and hit a bird? Yeah. And then the bird came back and ate his brain. Can we talk about that random oh, fact. That's right. That was. <laughs> oh. He no, I don't that know what gross. his power set is. He literally dropped in, watched people die, and then got scared and yeah. swam away, and then blew up. Like Blackguard, who we'll get to <laughs> next, has guns. Like we don't know what his abilities are, but he's at least armed. Savan so dropped in, I think, weaponless. Like he has goggles on, no apparent weapons, contributes nothing other than just fleeing and being the one character in the Suicide Squad. Pansy, there's always got to be one. Pansy, and Amanda Waller gets to. Goodbye. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, so, Blackguard, we both said dead. We were correct. Here's where it gets a little froggy, okay? Weasel, we both said was going to die, and we both agreed it was going to be early. As a matter of fact, we both said this is going to be <laughs> the first character to die. <laughs> and I, here's the deal. We were right, okay? More bull squirt. From this freaking movie. Oh, Peacemaker is going to live. Okay. After getting shot in the throat. Fine. Weasel's alive after being dead on the beach forever. Like, does the weasel have healing powers? I don't know. He literally just uh. gets up and then he runs away. I'm like, oh, so you know how many children he's going to eat now? Gross. Right? Like, just gross. I was so happy when he, he was died so gross. right off the bat. Yeah. 
It was fantastic. It was fantastic. Let him stay dead. Can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> like, he drowned. Like, awesome. like, you know, disappointing that was. Awesome. Like, you drowned? Just great. Just glorious. Blow him up or something. Oh, right. So, last on the list, King Shark. We both agreed King Shark was going to see it to the end of this movie. And he did indeed. Took a lot of hits. Almost got eaten by really tiny fish. Which what were things. those things? Those were clearly not a uh, like not a real species. Well, no, I know, but I, I didn't. I, so I have it no was idea. not explained if it was an alien. It just looked or, like an alien piranha because it wasn't star. Like know. it was just there. They were just there for like comedic purposes. Like I'm not. I'm not sure what the point of those were. <sighs> just for weirdness. No. No real reason. Because so, it was just these cute, fluffy things, and they're like, no, we want to eat you. Right. Uh, so overall, uh, you know, someone that's missing on our list is Milton, the bus driver. None of us really knew he was a we part of the I could have told you he was going to die. Right, but we, we knew he was going to die. That was a great scene where they're like, who is Milton? And the polka dot man is freaking out. He's like, he's been with us this whole time. And he's the craziest <laughs> one. That and, oh, my uh, gosh. And then... Harley at the end of the movie insists that Bloodsport's name is Milton. It's like we just had a conversation that your name is Milton. So good, good humor. Well, so well the final score, if I counted right, you're gonna have to double check me. Sure, sure. You won by one point. I believe that. Thirteen. It was close. 12. I know. I 13, told you the top 12. half sounded grim for you, but I said you just wait. It's gonna balance out. So our final and our final groupings, right? I said okay, Bloodsport, Harley, King Shark. Peacemaker and the Thinker are going to be the surviving members. I was right, except for the Thinker. That was my yeah. wrong, at least at surviving. But I also missed that Ratcatcher Two was going to be alive. Yeah. You had Harley, King Shark, Rick Flag, Peacemaker, Captain Boomerang, and Ratcatcher Two. So you just had two individuals that didn't make it in Rick Flag and Captain yeah. Boomerang. I had. One that didn't I, I make it, the, and I, I was the missing bullet. one that did. I bit the bullet because I knew it was either going to be Bloodsport or Rick Flag to walk out of there. Yeah. So I'd say overall, like I'm pretty pleased with that yeah. that performance on our part. Like four months out to go, hey, here's we're just looking literally at the roster, having seen one trailer. Um, that's pretty outstanding work. I think so. On our part. So you're welcome. Really, again, the, to sum up, uh, you're welcome. It just shows off our cred. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Um Okay, big picture to kind of back away from getting into the, the nuances of the movie. Unless, do you have anything else on the film I that got, you want to hit? Or I got like nothing. Okay. I think we've hit every goose. So, <laughs> we've struck all the geese. We've, we've hit every geese What's in the, in, in the gaggle. There are no <laughs> the gaggle is down. Incredible. <laughs> the gaggle is down. <laughs> um, I ended up, Riley, not going to theaters to see this. I chose to spring the 15 bucks for the HBO Max subscription, primarily be, primarily for economical reasons. I was like, I want to go see this with my wife, but we don't really want to pay a babysitter. So by the time you factor in movie tickets, oh, yeah, yeah, babysitter, yeah. it's not a super Oh, you didn't want to bring the kids? <laughs> Should have. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Bad parenting on my part, almost akin to blood sport. That's your oldest son's sitting there. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that <laughs> that would have been that would have been so so bad. If he's ever just being so bad. If he's ever just being a brat, you just play it one oh clip from gosh. that movie. 
Right. Right. That's oh, that would not be a, that would not have been a good fit. That'd be that's how you know. If you hear that I've done that, you need to you need to call people and say, intervene. This guy is not okay. So anyway, watch on HBO Max, more economical reason. Wanted to see it with the wife, and so we were able to watch it from the comfort of our own home. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it would have been obviously cooler, more bombastic in theaters with as good as the action was. Um, but overall, it was still, I don't think I was cheated out of a good movie by watching it at home. Now, I assume you went to the theaters. I did go to the Correct. theaters. So here's, here's my question, because we're in this weird, still very much undefined, I'm going to call it season, where depending on the studio, like Warner Bros. has said, hey, when we release movies... We're releasing them simultaneously for those that are subscribed to HBO Max, which is 15 bucks a month. So you're not paying an additional fee mm. to see the movie um, and in theaters. Whereas Disney, they'll release the movie in theaters. You can also watch it on Disney Plus. You're just paying 30 bucks. Yeah, screw that. Which. That's insane. Again, it's I am the not equivalent that to if, watch No, now, you might unless, as well be going to see it in theaters. Unless unless you're someone that's going, hey, this is... I have you know, seven children, and instead of going to the theater and running Yeah, it's for the folks that still want to see it, but that are a little bit more on the cautious side of, hey, I think this is the safe thing to do. Okay, fine, fair enough. Um, but anyhow, I'm just curious what you think with... In particular, the way that Suicide Squad, as far as we know, hasn't performed well financially, in spite of performing very well in terms of its critical acclaim. I think the fan reaction, sometimes there's a disconnect or a gap, right, between, hey, the critics love this movie and the fans are more, it's okay. Or, invert that, sometimes the fans are ecstatic and the critics are going, this is nothing This wasn't made for us. Yeah, I think... The response is pretty well unified. Fans really liked it to varying degrees, right? Seven yeah. out of ten for you. I'd put it in a similar ballpark. Some people might feel higher about it. Yeah, it's not something I need to go rewatch anytime soon. Right, right. And, and that's and that's fine. But I, I just have a hard time believing that the streaming of movies when they're released is gonna be a long term thing. Because at the end of the day, it's about making money and unless yeah. You can genuinely attract a lot of people to your streaming platform for the purpose. And you can draw the line from why those people came to watch those movies to, well, they want to see this new release. Mm -hmm. That's just not what streaming services have been about. They're kind of trying to get that way with... Right, with Netflix releasing all this original content. For sure. With Amazon Prime, HBO Max. I mean, pick your streaming service. Disney Plus, we've been talking thoroughly about the Marvel shows on this podcast. Um, But movies that are also intended to be theatrical releases, this is the one, uh, this is the big one that hasn't yet enjoyed the same success on a streaming platform as just about everything else. Right? Like I think there are people that get Disney Plus for the Marvel content almost exclusively. Or for the Star Wars content. Or for the Star Wars or content. Or because they have kids and they know, hey, yep. Disney shows are here. Yep. I know that they're going to enjoy these movies right. and shows. Right. And, yeah. and, we've, and we've talked on this podcast in length about how the TV show format, like the six to eight episode, yep. 40, 45 minutes an episode, might be the best way to continue to tell 
these stories, like Star Wars in particular was a topic that we hit on many episodes ago. I'd say Game of Thrones actually probably set it up for that. Yeah, yep, absolutely. To be Um, honest. And so I'm just curious, I don't think that this is going to work as far as this is not going to be a sustainable thing. I think in 10 years we're going to look back on this one to two year period where movies were being released simultaneously in theaters and on streaming services. I think it's going to be an experiment that ends up reinforcing the value of movie theaters. Movie theaters. Thank God, by the yep. way. But yep. so I what, guess. What do you think? That's just kind of where I'm at with it. Well, first, Warner Brothers did just announce today that they've made a deal with the movie theaters for next year mm-hmm. that they will wait 45 days before they release their movies on streaming services. I. I I think the wait should be maybe a little longer than 45 days. Maybe like two months, maybe at least, you know. But for me, it's more of... seems like the bare minimum, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's like, oh, we really just want to get it out here. But I may may have said this before too, but to me, it's almost... We almost have too many... It's going to come down to the fact where we're going to have too many streaming services. Mm. And so many... So many people are going to be having to pick and choose what they want to watch. Well, maybe they're going to miss that release because, okay, I can only be subscribed to Netflix and Hulu this month, and I have this show that I'm watching on Netflix, and I have these shows I'm watching on Hulu, yep. so I'm not going to go pay extra money to watch this on HBO Max right yep. now. I just can't do it. Um, I think I, I think Disney's... Also, we're going to have to pay attention to what happens with this Scarlett Johansson Disney feud that's going on right now too mm. because she's suing because of the right. release right. and because it took away if she believes contract. It, and she believes it took away from her profit which very well could be sure although they think sure. that oh well we released it on here and it should actually boost your thing but I don't think that's the case yeah, I think primarily their their contention is it doesn't matter Scarlett if you're right or wrong like we're playing the pandemic card like, yeah we. This is you know, these are unprecedented times. Therefore, we can <laughs> we can change what the contract said. Anyhow, I think I think it'll honestly come down to where like you're gonna have maybe three main streaming services. I think all these. I think you're gonna see all these smaller ones start to die off. Sure, like Peacock will probably die off. I mean, if you think about it, HBO Max already teamed up with what is? Are they teamed up with Hulu? Can you get like an HBO extension with Hulu? Uh, no, Hulu and Disney. I know Hulu, are, are Disney. Up. I don't think there's a, a Hulu HBO Max, that. but I don't know that for certain, Riley. Because there's Hulu, Disney, ESPN. Right. They're all together in yep. cahoots. Yep. I, eventually, something will pair up with Netflix, I'm sure of it. And Netflix already mm-hmm. said they're going to open up their thing to video games, too, now. Where if you have a Netflix account, you can rent video games. Or play video games to them. It's kind of weird that it hasn't happened sooner. Yeah, I agree. Right? I, mean, I agree. How has that not been a thing? So, huh. uh, and I think, I, th- I think, yeah, start next year once this pandemic thing finally dies, dies. I honestly think we, I don't think Disney will be doing the $30. They might still, it's Disney. They might still do the $30 release, but not very many people are going to take you up on that. Yeah. It, it might lower to like 20 Right. I can't see it staying at 30 Bottom line is the studios have to have to make money, and I don't think there is going to be what they want. Yeah, I, I don't think a streaming service can match the amount of money that millions of people go into the theater. Well, exactly. Do for it. I, I just don't. I just don't think so. I mean, think of it: thirty bucks, right, for that Disney yeah. Plus movie. My family and I, 
when we were on vacation a few weeks ago, everybody chipped in, you know, three or four bucks between all of us and we rented the movie. So it's not one person paying $30. Yeah. It's eight people splitting it four bucks a pop. And when you look at that way, then yes. And you think about, okay, but what if eight people had gone to the movie theater, paid 10 bucks a ticket? There's just exactly. such a huge gap. And that, that's... Well, and that's it too because... I just don't see how studios can make the same amount of money. You're not dividing your audience in that sense. Correct. Everybody's going out for that one movie specifically. Yep. They're not they're not going to have to go through the whole process of oh my gosh, I have to sign up for a streaming service, no. I have to do all this crap, no, and then I have are to pay watch a parties. Fee. Exactly. Yes. So, yeah. I that's yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like it'll die. Yeah, it's a temporary the temporary thing, streaming services, of course, aren't going anywhere. No, And no. the fact that they've been successful enough to continue to finance so much original content says a lot about their success. But I, I just, I don't know whatever it is that could jeopardize and yeah. ultimately turn a movie theater experience from the regular or the norm for big, you know, for movies that are trying to get a lot of people to see them, it's not this. Uh-huh. I don't know what it's going to be if it ever is, but movies are not like people go to see live plays, right? Yeah, you love going to see live music, and this is the closest thing to a to feeling like a live performance, yeah. right? That you can get outside of obviously actual theater, but then actual theater is limited in terms of you can't blow stuff up. No, exactly. <laughs> right? There's... You can't create quarter Maltese and have King Shark duking it out with Starro in the theater. They're just... So, like, I don't think it's going anywhere. No, and there's just something about watching a movie in the theater mm-hmm. that's so much better it's just than immersive. watching it at home. It's so immersive. It's great. You're genuinely out of your home. You're in a new location. It's pitch dark. There's no opportunity to get distracted by anything absolutely and in an age where it is so easy to be distracted or allow yourself to get distracted by dozens of things that's i think that still holds a lot of value and like some of the best experiences are going out watching endgame with a bunch of people you don't know and yeah screaming at the top of your lungs because mjolnir is moving and cap gets it and everybody starts freaking out because they're like because all right. the nerds are freaking out that's yeah. finally happening on screen. It's just... It's that shared experience, man. That's what absolutely. makes it special. I mean, I love, you know, we're both sports guys. I love watching Iowa football games. Um, that's the thing, too. Going to sports in person. Oh, so much better. It is. I can't watch a baseball game for it the is. life of me on TV. <laughs> for the life of me. It bores yeah. me. But I will yeah. go to a... You, if Honestly, we were in St. Louis. I, I might have season tickets. Yep. I would go to a, I would go to a Cardinals game for yep. fun. I've never been friends with so many people that I have no idea who they are and will never see them again except that I have a football game. So, yeah, absolutely. So that shared experience has a lot of value in a movie theater. Um, and you just you can't replicate that in the same way. It's just not the same doing it in your home. Even if it's you're watching with people you know, like that's that's good. There is value yeah. in that. But there is something unique that just cannot be duplicated um, by that movie theater experience. It's it's fantastic. I mean, I th- I think the first time I ever had that experience was the first Avengers. 
Yep. And I was super into Marvel at this time. Yep. Well, I mean, still am, but like this is when I was like, I was the your only peak one. enthusiasm for Marvel. Man, yeah, kind of. Cause, but like most people at my school weren't like, you know, you had some people that were like bandwagons and yep. stuff. Like, yep. And I, when you, they get the first rotating scene, everybody starts freaking out. Yep. And Ah, oh, best yeah. experience. Yeah, no doubt. So, yeah, good stuff, man. All right, so that's a lot of good Suicide Squad talk, good holistic view on things. Let's get into some text because we're, we're bumping up against it. We've, we've gone yep. on for a little while now. Let's I'd love to hear do it. I'd love to hear your piece on Spider-Man. You gave us some really good content uh, on our previous podcast, getting into that classic Stan freaking Lee, Spider-Man, Death of Gwen Stacy. And remind me, about 12 episodes in the collection? Episodes, I believe it was, sorry, I'm on TV talk. I believe it's 14 yep, issues. issues. And by the way, that was more of a trek than I thought. Right. And I think it's more it, of a journey than we had anticipated. Yeah, and I think it's just cuz it's not like a full connecting story, it's just one-off issues, so you mm. just kind of read one issue and you're like, mm. "Ah, well, I'm done with that one." <laughs> and then but uh sure. The Gwen it's interesting because the Gwen Stacy death is only two issues, which we kind of touched on last time but they build it up where where they're like who's gonna die Mm. it was pretty clear it's gonna be her like (laughs) legit not a lot of history here guys oh by the way harry osborne is on lsd throughout these entire two issues so he's in bed with lsd issues (laughs) not a good look for harry no no and he's like tripping he's tripping balls this entire time and that's what and then, for some reason, Norman had amnesia from the last time he had the green, or be, the last time he was the Green Goblin. Yep. And his son's LSD pushes him, and he remembers he's like the only person that knows Peter is Spider Man. He's the only person. So he starts getting back into his head, and he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go after Peter." Well, uh, Gwen's waiting for Peter to get home at his apartment because he's, and they're only worried about each other. And Green Goblin just flies, and he's like, "I'm gonna go take out Spider-Man right now." And then he sees, he sees her, and you're like, "Ah, well, there she goes. Like she's gonna go fly away with him." And then, uh, yep, Spider-Man gets there. There's a pumpkin. It says, "I have your lady." And then they're fighting on top of a bridge. There's never a time where that's not creepy, right? To have a oh yeah message sent to you with a pumpkin. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. And like, uh, yeah, they're on the top of the of the bridge, and she's out. She's out cold the whole time. She's like asleep, whatever. And right. they're duking it out. And by the way, Spider Man's like not feeling good he, throughout this entire series. He's not feeling good. Like, like just either, with the common cold kind like, of thing. He has an ulcer, or I, I don't I, jet lag. So it's I not even like the Batman Nightfall sequence oh yeah. where he's been worn down by multiple villains, and then he fights Bane. No, he's and just he's been, on he's been running on E for a while. He's just exhausted from life. Like he's not even exhausted yeah. from everything else. He's just exhausted with how his life's going, and he's got to come on, Pete. He's always dealing with something, whether it's come on, Pete. Yeah. So, Ugh. and then Ugh. he like. Throws her off. Right. And then you have the iconic And she's unconscious this whole time. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, she's dead. And then Peter's like, revenge. So the whole next issue is, I'm going to kill you. And then, (laughs) so they basically go to, it's it's pretty much like 
the Sam Raimi, where they're fighting it yeah, out. I did not know that until I, I didn't looked through it last week with you. That was crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, they're duking it out, and then, yeah, he dies from his own glider, and then Peter's just kind of looking at him, he's like, I thought this would be more satisfying, but this is actually just empty. Well, and it is, I feel like it's a good summation of, like, hey, I thought this storyline was going to be huge, and it's just two, two issues. issues. Just then, different, man. And then, yeah, the Norman's dead. And yep. then in the following issue, for J. Jonah Jameson hires Luke Cage to go capture Spider-Man. <laughs> but, uh, like... Hero for hire. Harry's pissed. Like, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that's when Harry starts going down the Green Goblin path. Sure. But he is sure. livid. And sure. he does not, like... Because he talks to Peter. and Or, no, Peter talks to him. He's like, uh... I'm surprised you're, like, up and moving. You okay? And he just stares at him. He's like, okay, or don't talk to me. And he walks out. (laughs) Or not. Well, because Peter does go back to the Osborne. Yep. Osborne's house to look for Norman. And he finds Harry there. And he's trying to ask Harry, like, where he's at. And, again, Harry's tripping balls. And then uh, he's like, I just need to know you're real. And he's he's just like, I don't have time to deal with you right now. And just leaves. Yikes. (laughs) So, nice. yeah, it's, it's... I feel about it overall. So, you got... I mean, kudos to you. You got through all 14 uh, issues. It's more of just, like, a... Like, I thought it would be, like, oh, this is an epic story. But more... It was more of, like, a, going through, like, a, a history book mm. to me. Because yeah. it was, like... It's interesting. Like, I learned a lot about how, like stories were told back in the day because like like we talked about last episode you have to keep the audience interested every issue right and you if you keep continuing a story you might lose them Hmm. so gotta have some variety in there yeah and like this was a huge turning point for peter too because he lost a loved one at his own hands like but i don't know for me the build-up like It'd be interesting to read everything leading up to this, like right. everything, because right. Gwen Stacy's Gwen death wasn't as impactful for me, but I also knew it was coming. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Like some deaths yes, would be hard like for that to be super impactful when, <coughs> excuse me, when that's why you're reading it like, because you know yeah. about it ahead of time. You're reading it. To just see how it happened rather than see what. Like, anytime Alfred dies, that's panic button. Like, who are we throwing hands with? Because you just killed the butler. Mm -hmm. And that is not a clue reference. (laughs) But Amazing. uh, Like, with this one, I was just like, "Ah." but they left her dead. Yeah. This is one character. It was like his Uncle Ben. They never brought Uncle Ben back. Thank God. They're not going to ever bring Gwen Stacy back, which I find it... Well, they brought her back, but not in the same... It's not the original Gwen Stacy. Right. It was intentionally not the original Gwen Stacy. Wasn't that part of the clone yeah. saga? And it was and, short-lived anyway. And they tried to... I mean, they've referenced Gwen's death multiple times. Because there's one time there... Actually, there's a really cool group of panels. And I don't know what run it is, but it's basically Peter and Green Goblin talking like normal people mm. and he's like why'd you even kill her man like you didn't know her she was such a good person like mm-hmm. you didn't have to take her away from me like that mm. and it's just they have this like mm. huge heart-to-heart moment and yeah. i don't like i said they reference it a lot and yeah. we won't bring up the weird gwen stacy norman osborne thing have you ever heard of that 
I don't know what storyline it is, but oh. apparently... Like, like a romance between the two of them? Okay, so they like imply that... I don't know what storyline this is. And it's so dumb. So they imply that Norman and her had like a secret like love affair. And the reason he went after her and killed her is because she was pregnant with his twins. Yeah, that's not a storyline that needs traction, is it? No, you don't no. need to add that depth to right. it. Like, right. it would be really cool if someday they like stretch out the Gwen. If they do like a retelling of Gwen's death, right? And they actually make it where it's like, kind of on the lines of the Killing Joke, where, well, oh crap, this was a big turning point because Barbara Gordon is sure. now paralyzed. But sure. I, I think that would be interesting to see retold it, by it, like a yeah. modern day writer with like seven issues. Yeah. If you ever read, um, there was a run of miniseries by Jeff Loeb. He was the uh, the author, and then Tim Sale was the artist. They did a number of just kind of one shots. Not the right word for it because it covered maybe four issues, yeah. maybe as many as six, rel- relatively brief. But they did one for Daredevil, the Hulk. Spider-Man and Captain America. I think it was just those four characters. And it was unique in how they approached it. So the Daredevil was called Daredevil Yellow. Like they attached a color to each one. So Daredevil Yellow, Spider-Man Blue, Captain America White, and Hulk Gray. And I've read all of them except for the Hulk. Um, And I think think our guy Ben Kruger, if I remember right, I bought the Spider-Man Blue and gave it to Ben. I'm bringing this up because it is entirely um, Spider-Man or Peter Parker trying to work through his grief over Gwen Stacy's death. Like he's trying to process it so that he can just move on with his life. Because at this point, in the when the story is being told, he's with he's with MJ, but he is still clearly haunted by his role in Gwen's death. And he just hasn't fully come to terms with it. And it's a really worthwhile read. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty pretty somber, right, with, with Gwen dying. Um, but anyhow, it, it worthwhile read, so I throw it out there for that. But I also think it's fascinating, and you kind of brought this up, for all that comics love to bring characters back from the dead, Gwen's been dead. <laughs> and I'm okay long, with that for a long time. Yeah, and that's that's unique. That's really that's really cool. I mean, Jason Todd dies, and then they bring him back in the Batman comics. Yep. Superman dies. I mean, all, all these characters. It's just a comic cliche. You die, you're coming back, and yet Gwen Stacy, not the case. I think it's just so important to Peter's character because it builds on to Peter is guilty like he feels so guilty all the time that's right. why he does half the shit he does for spider-man yeah, feels responsible exactly so yeah. like yeah. i mean even in like there was a there's a panel from one of the newer comics that came out recently and it was him and some of the other spider-man people and they had green goblin mm. and they had ghost spider mm. which is spider Gwen, sure. and sure uh green goblin makes some trip to her and Peter's like, you don't talk to her at all. Mm. You don't even look in her direction. I will murder you. Mm-hmm. Like, he gets that mm-hmm. serious. It's pretty intense. Pretty yeah. Fast. So, yeah. and also there was, 
There's also another storyline. There's so many cool Spider-Man books I need to read, but there's another storyline too where it's if Spider-Man aged regularly. Yep. Yep. Have you heard of that? But anyways, <laughs> no, but valid. But like he he like ages regularly. They go through yeah. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, yeah. whatever, and they find like a a clone of him. I think it's like Ben Riley, and then somebody cloned Gwen Stacy, mm-hmm. and like it's pretty clear that if Gwen was still alive, he. Like, or if she got brought back, he'd probably dump MJ immediately and go back mm-hmm. to her, mm-hmm. which is just weird to me. Yeah. I think the only only times I can think of that, I mean, freaking, hey, Captain America, Bucky, dead forever, then, oh, we're going to bring him back as the Winter Soldier. Uh, they made that worthwhile. And that though. was great. Oh, that was I mean, they awesome. made the Jason Todd thing worthwhile, too, in my opinion. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not calling into question, like, the merits of does it make sense to bring the character back or not necessarily, just how unique it is that they left her... And we'll, I, I don't think at this point they're ever going to yeah. change that and bring her back. Like when it's a character or characters are tied into the origin story, like Bruce Wayne's parents are always going to be dead, right? Uncle Ben's Uncle always going to be dead. Always gonna be dead. Um, Hal Jordan's dad is always going to be dead. So just take your pick. But when it's actually a character that's been part of like a significant piece of shaping who that other character is to die and stay dead, I, I can't think of another example where that has been the case. That's just, that just doesn't happen in comics. So kudos to, to Stan the Man for pulling it off, taking the swing, and and doing it in a way too that I, I don't think felt uh, unnecessary. Like yeah. certainly sad, but not in this way of, that was just gratuitous for the sake of doing something shocking. Like yeah. it genuinely progressed Peter's character. Um, yeah, I mean, there was no like so, anticipation, like somebody's in trouble. Yeah. It was just like, yeah, we're gonna kill somebody off today. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, and like I said, I think the those comics just do so well. At, and this is why everybody was like loves Spider Man is because he's relatable. Because yep. that's what Stan Lee said he wanted from his characters. Is yeah. He wanted them to be feel like they were real people, right? And not like Superman where he's right. a god. And right. Spider-Man, like I, like I said, he deals. You see him deal with the guilt. You see him make selfish, selfish decisions that end up backfiring later on. Yeah. Or, I mean, he's a great character. It's, it beautifully. He's a great it, character, and it sets up for a lot of the rest of Marvel. To be yeah. honest, so he goes through and has to overcome so much adversity, and, and it's all such, the time the yeah, dude gets com- run oh. through a brick wall. And it's a combination of. Like he has a phenomenal rogues gallery, so he's consistently going up against some fantastic, fantastic. Bands, but there's also an equal portion of internal conflict. You mentioned the guilt, the responsibility that he feels. Uh, that's a constant weight and burden for him to try and deal with yeah. and bear. And that's not something that I think comes very easy for a lot of comic characters. Yeah. And so that's something that's very valuable about the character of Spider-Man is that he has, that's what makes him relatable because all of us can relate to, to struggles, to having challenges, to, um, yeah, to going through hard things, hard seasons. And so it's a, it's a really, really well-developed character. Um, and I don't know what in the pantheon of comic book characters where we would respectively like rank him, but he's up there. I mean, he's, he's consistently excellent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. No question. Good things, man. Thanks for that recap. Absolutely. Yeah, let's. Uh, I'll, I'll cover a real quick. 
because we've we've covered a lot already, yes, a we lot have. of time. So I've been rereading some old Batman from the New 52 era. So old Scotty Snyder, there's our guy. This is the series uh, or set of issues, kind of in the latter half of Scott Snyder's run on Batman, where Batman has died after battling the Joker for the soul of Gotham City. And the Joker is Where also tied. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, Where? And what Scott Snyder decides to do, which is super subversive and unique, is, okay, Batman is dead. And it's a, it's a well-known or understood fact that, hey, Batman sacrificed himself. All of Gotham City is aware of it. So there's no more Batman. So some of the other wealthy individuals in, in Gotham City that want good things for Gotham, uh, put together this program to find another individual that can step into a Batman role, not the exact same role, but at least a role. And they select none other than Jim freaking Gordon steps in and takes on this role of Batman with a mech suit. So he's not by any means trying to be the physical equal of Batman, but nonetheless trying to fill the gap that's been left behind um, by Batman's demise. And so in and of itself, that's a pretty fascinating uh, twist on the character of Jim Gordon, that he goes from being the the police commissioner, straight lace, you know what you're gonna expect, to well, what happens if Jim Gordon had to be Batman? Okay, never knew that was a question <laughs> worth asking. Um, but I think Scott Snyder gets some good, some good mileage out of it. And part of why that's the case is he shows how like Jim Gordon just honestly fails at being Batman because, guys, nobody else can be Batman. Like, it's really tempting to think, well, if you just took Bruce Wayne out of the cape and Kyle stuck somebody else in with a similar level of skills, they could pull it off as well. And at least, as far as the comics are concerned, Bruce Wayne's it. He is the only, he is the Batman. Um, there's not going to be another Batman, right? Steve Rogers is Captain America, but there's been other individuals that have taken on that mantle. There's only the one Batman, and it is Bruce Wayne. And so part of what makes this story fascinating is that, as it turns out, shocker, Bruce Wayne's not dead. But although he is alive, he has lost all of his memories of his time as Batman. And Alfred knows about it, but has intentionally not told Bruce Wayne, hey, by the way, you're Batman, here's your Batcave. <laughs> he's actually, in kind of a sad but very relatable twist, he's protecting Bruce Wayne from the memory of being Batman because Bruce Wayne is finding renewed purpose in being a just as regular guy as Bruce Wayne can be, working at an at-risk children's shelter. Um, he falls in love, starts a relationship with a quality gal, and has a good thing going there. And so Alfred's perspective is, I don't want to take Bruce Wayne out of what is the healthiest I've seen him, even though there needs to be a Batman. He's like, I'm not throwing my boy Bruce back into that. Um, so it's fascinating to see how that, of course, it doesn't last and how it is that Bruce gets <coughs> back into the mantle of Batman. Pretty fascinating stuff. Um, but a good, for my, for my money, a good tie off as it eventually concludes Scott Snyder's uh, run on the Batman character. I don't know if it's as strong as his earlier 
issues mm-hmm. um, because those with the Court of Owls zero year were outstanding. Um, but sometime on this podcast, I'll commit to it. I'll go on a deep dive through these comics for us because they're sounds great. Oh my gosh, they're good. But anyway, that's that's just what I've been reading the last few days, just revisiting it, and it's it's a treat. It's an absolute treat. Perfect. So if you haven't gotten to Scott Snyder's run, do so. Um, last little shameless plug. Well, not really shameless. It's not hyping myself that I'll give is I've talked about Alex Ross in the past as far as an artist. Favorite of mine goes in this little beauty. Old Marvelocity, the Marvel Comics art of one Alex Ross. Pick this up. Check this puppy out. There is so much phenomenal content. Yes, it is all just the one artist in Alex Ross, but it is jam-packed with a wide variety of your Marvel favorites. Um, I, I was really impressed with this book. There is a DC version as well as Alex Ross is uh, drawn for both Marvel and DC, but I thought this Marvel book was a lot more fleshed out, a lot more diverse. Um, the DC book was fine. It just didn't have as, just as a lower volume, I would say, in terms of overall content. I found the the Marvel book to be really rewarding. Just take your time, piece through it, see one of the masters at uh, at work, and there's some there's some pretty some pretty radical radical stuff in there. But hard to go wrong with Alex Ross. So if you're looking for something to to chew through, kind of little here, little there, highly recommend getting into that. No stories, right? All just pure art, but a lot of good a lot of good content. So. There you go, my man. Perfect. Yeah. I think uh, Yeah. I think we hit some really great topics today. That's a lot of good I think, stuff. I think we killed it. No doubt. No doubt. Absolutely crushed it. Like King Shark ripping a helpless minion helpless half. dude in half. Absolutely. Sorry, Sorry. Well, on that note, per usual, um, thanks for tuning in. Uh, follow us on YouTube at JP and the Beanstalk. Uh, follow us on TikTok at The Magic Beans Productions Mm. and follow us on Instagram at JP and the Beanstalk you bet thanks for tuning in everybody appreciate it thank you Godspeed Mm.